Well, Happy New Year, friends. Welcome back to another Pastors Podcast here from Desert Foothills Studios in Scottsdale, Arizona. I'm Pastor Mark McCrory here Hi. along. I'm Pastor Jeremy. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, it's good to be back, starting off the new year. Uh, we usually look at some news articles, kind of what's going on in the world, and definitely look through it, to, you know, with a biblical lens. But I think uh, we also try to find some kind of application for our own lives, too, and how that impacts our lives as Christians in the world. Yeah, the one that we found for today, uh, if you're anything like us, maybe if you went through the news over the last just a couple of days of last week, a lot of the stories seem to be very repetitive uh, or very similar, maybe not a whole lot of uh, different things going on in the news. Of course, things talking about uh, some of the bigger political elements or maybe uh, with our nation's health or Omicron concepts, but we found one uh, it's actually a little bit different, and it was a national story that has to do with churches actually going through these times right now. Yeah, it's a little bit on the nose, right? For me and you, I can see how it's very interesting as pastors. It's a Fox Business uh, News website, uh, news article, and the title is, At Many Churches, Pandemic Hits Collection Plates Budgets. Yeah, it was kind of an interesting one that really caught my attention. Obviously, like you said, it's maybe a little bit more closer to home uh, if you work at a church and serve at a church, but probably for most of our people, too, who attend a church. And what does this mean, uh, not only for us here at Desert Foothills, but for churches around uh, the United States and throughout the world going through you know, different types of problems, uh, both immediate, but also that have existed for a little while now. Yeah, so the journalist, he uh, does some research, gets some surveys of thousands of churches, 13,000 churches uh, across the country. But then he picks, you know, maybe I think five or six churches, uh, kind of samples yeah. across the country and kind of how they're doing, how, how COVID has affected them the last two years mm -hmm. with attendance and with their budgets, obviously. And so the, obviously the title, right? It's uh, how the pandemic has adversely affected uh, church attendance. And then uh, when church attendance is adversely affected in, in any church, uh, the offering plate is affected. That's yeah, and it's just, that works. it's across the board, right? It's participation in anything. If you're trying to you know, have a Sunday school class, but you only have a couple of kids or don't have a teacher for the day. If you're trying to do a service project, and you used to have a hundred people to be able to pull from and hopefully get 10 of them there, but now you only have 40 to be able to pull from. It really affects everything across the board in the way the church is reaching out and serving and ministering. Yeah, so the very first sentence uh, picks one of the churches that they're highlighting in the article. Biltmore United Methodist Church of Asheville, North Carolina is for sale. And that's the big picture on the headline too. There's the church uh, building there with a huge for sale sign front of the property. Yeah, and unfortunately it goes on to say that, you know, this poor congregation because of the maintenance costs and just the ongoing expense and not having the right resources has been forced to make the difficult decision to actually put their church up for sale and don't even know what their next steps are of where they're going and where people are going to call home that still serve at, with this in, this place as their congregation. And the article reads, Biltmore is just one of an untold number of congregations across the country that have struggled to stay afloat financially. Um, again, the, the pandemic, and this, I 
kind of speculated this at the beginning of the pandemic. This is going to accelerate whatever's happening in a church, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. If a yeah. church is growing yeah. or if a church is struggling, it's it, it's kind of speeds up time kind yeah. of on that trajectory uh, of growth or decline. Kind of that uh, emergency, that uh, just extreme situation, extreme environment that we're operating in. Yeah, when I looked at this the, along that same vein, you know, it talked about uh, the coronavirus and what the effects are, but it talked about how uh, just in, even in our culture in the last, you know, whether it's five years or 10 years, that worship attendance has actually been declining across the board. It was already something that was happening. And in this article, one of the larger surveys that it talks about, which I appreciate because I always think it's good to pull from, you know, uh, a larger grouping to be yep. able to get the best representation. Statistics. It talked about, you know, that uh, there were 15,300 congregations that were surveyed in the year 2020. And it said that uh, at least half of those congregations actually were only reporting a weekly attendance of 65 or less. And I know that there's a lot of smaller churches around, but every time I see that, that's uh, still an amazing statistic to me that there's uh, so many small uh, congregations like that around the world. And the reason that number is uh, a key number, uh, if you're curious out there, uh, generally speaking, a congregation would need about 70 regular attenders, 70 worship attenders on Sundays, uh, to be able to afford a pastor. Mm-hmm. That's roughly kind of the rule of thumb. Uh, so if you're below that, which half of these 15,000 churches uh, are below that mark of being able to afford a pa- their own pastor. Yeah, and it's affecting them in a lot of different <laughs> ways. So Obviously, get- it's hard to grow and manage a congregation when you don't have a, a shepherd that's there to be able to do these things with the people. Yeah, once you slip below that threshold, you're in a catch-22, right? You don't have enough people to be able to afford a full-time pastor, and without a full-time pastor, you don't, you're not going to get more people. Yeah, I mean, yeah. generally speaking, uh, from from my uh, physical, you know, planning perspective. So, what are your thoughts on this, then, Pastor Mark? We're throwing out some statistics here and some uh, quotes out of this article that. I mean, they don't seem very uplifting whatsoever. They don't seem that positive. What are some of the just thoughts that you have in looking at an article like this? Well, God has uh, a plan. Uh, God is in control. And also, just as true, is that each of us have a responsibility mm. in the work that God's doing. And probably... Um, that's not much speculation. Uh, the churches who are closing their doors uh, right now because supposedly you know because of the pandemic. I mean, there were underlying issues there where maybe it was the generation before them. I don't know. Yeah. And the leadership of that church, or or a pastor who knows the specifics, but. There's some responsibility of the people of God to be doing the work of God. Definitely. And when that falters, um, the congregation can stumble. And then, like I said, what's something, you know, a natural disaster, a, you know, a pandemic, a war, you know, any of these things that crept up in human history. I mean, that just 
accelerates. The, and that's what the I really like that first point that you made about that acceleration, because maybe it's not necessarily always something that accelerates uh, in a negative way, but it's something that can accelerate in a positive way too. Like, yeah. I mean, uh, like you said, uh, you know, our congregation right now, we actually have lots of people that are watching online or new people that have come and physically joined our congregation in person that maybe this kind of reset them a little bit. And we were definitely on a uh, trajectory that had uh, modest growth, but healthy growth. And we seem to still be, be in that mix then too. And I don't know, that point of acceleration is really good. But even in the midst of whether it, a church is doing well right now, or if a church doesn't seem to be doing fantastic, uh, I do think it's always a really important thing for us to be able to remember, as you said, you know, God is in control. And you know, that's an easy thing for us to be able to, to spit out or to be able to say, uh, people definitely want to hear that, but it, it really is the, the truth. Like It really is the truth of the, the matter. And as I was thinking about that, uh, I was just even thinking about in the book of Acts, when we talk about so much of the, the church and about different growth. Uh, in the book of Acts uh, chapter 11, when it's talking about the church in Antioch, it talks about some times that are not so great within the church, but it even talks about in those moments how the Lord uses it. I'm just going to read briefly from Acts chapter 11, uh, verses 19 through 21. We hear the words, uh, Now those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch spoke to the Hellenists, also preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number who believed turned to the Lord. I love that. It's just, it's just these three simple little verses. And the first one opens up setting the stage, right? It says the people are scattered. And why are they scattered? Well, it's because of the persecution that has, has come up. And it mentions uh, Stephen in there in particular. Then it talks about how some of them went out and spread the word to the Jews. And some others went out and spread to people who were not the Jewish people, also preaching the Lord Jesus. And then it concludes with that great verse that the hand of the Lord is upon all of these things. And many, a great number, it says, believe and turn to the Lord. So even in this midst of persecution, and maybe that's not necessarily the definition we would say we're under right now, uh, but you could probably describe it as that, at least pressure, right, that's being put down on the church in different ways. Uh, the Lord is always here and alive and ready to be able to share what his son has done for us. Yeah, and let me uh, just highlight a couple of the other churches that they, they talk about in the article. So, uh, so that was Biltmore in Asheville, North Carolina, who uh, their normal worship attendance was about 70 per uh, you know Sunday, and it's about 25 people mm -hmm. uh, if you go in there on a Sunday today and that's that 25 actually counts both in person and online mm -hmm. worship yeah that would be tough so you might be talking about yeah. there might be 15 people inside that church on a sunday that's struggling uh the next church they highlight is franklin community church outside of nashville in uh, franklin tennessee they uh their worship attendance has gone from 100 to less than 40 
and that means their offerings have dropped to just one third of what they were before the pandemic. And you can see, you know, real quickly, uh, any church, even uh, if it was, uh, you know, had a healthy financial, you know, uh, practices or, or yeah. results uh, before that, you, you cut that in a third, and that's anything you brutal. cut in a third, yeah, yeah, two a third. Let me yeah, say that. Yeah, yeah, Not, yeah, cut by two thirds. Uh, the next church is Friendship Baptist Church in Baltimore, uh, also struggling financially. They have 900 active members, but only about 150 show up for in-person worship. And of course, their donations, again, are at a crucial level. So uh, experts uh, said that many congregations embraced online giving during 2020. Mm -hmm. And I'm thankful we were on that boat before 2020. We had the tools yeah. in place, mm -hmm. and, and some people are using it. Uh, but they, uh, according to the Faith Communities Today report, uh, says that will typically boost contributions by $300 per person annually, which I think it's been even more than that for us. But you get people, you know, to regularly give that way. So even, you know, forget the pandemic, say you take a vacation in the summer. And, yeah. But that's already set up to, to take care of your church family. And so I think many of our members have uh, embraced that practice. Yeah. And it's made a big difference here for us. There's another survey, they, they Lifeway Research uh, did, 1,000 Protestant pastors. Um, and they found half the congregations uh, financially uh, basically made their budget for last year. 27% uh, got less than what they anticipated and 22% got more. Mm -hmm. So then it's still that half, uh, half of all the churches there and that kind of that struggle range. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so that's the that's kind of the landscape of the uh, country. And I think, you know, kind of the, we, we just get through the end of the year and uh, kind of reports and things for how the fiscal year went for Desert Foothills. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of wonderful things to report. And I don't want to... Uh, sound like I'm taking credit or bragging about anything. I, I think uh, we have a lot of wonderful things to share. And that means we have a lot of really solid reasons to be thanking God. Hmm. And so uh, one of the things I shared with the congregation during the worship service this past Sunday was that uh, we had the church and preschool, uh, we had closed uh, the, the 2021 fiscal year, uh, $100,000 in the black. Yeah, it's huge. And I got one. <laughs> I think that's something one that clap. Well, you got a half a clap. I was I was there. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I think people don't know necessarily how to respond to that all the yeah. time. That And it feels weird. You know, why are we clapping for mm -hmm. money within church? And if you look at it that way, I think that is weird. But what's not weird is, uh, like you said, you're not taking credit for. I see it as more number one as a as a thank you to be able to thank uh, all of our people for having such big hearts and wanting to contribute to ministry. But also, I think it's a huge testimony of faith. Uh, you know, people will tell you, uh, looking at an individual of what they invest in, that shows what is important to them, and that's not just within the church world. 
that's within just the world as a whole. You will see, uh, looking at somebody's bank statement, the things that are most important to them is where their money goes to. And this shows our people's faith is super important and the mission of Jesus is super important to them to be able to say, you know what, I want to continue to be able to give and to be able to push and to be able to make sure this congregation thrives, not just for myself, but so that other people can receive this great word. And so, I, I don't know, again, something I think it feels weird for people to be able to celebrate, but it is something that we should be able to say, Lord, you, you tell us within your word to be able to test you and to be able to give. And thank you for being able to show us that, yeah, you will always fill your uh, storehouses uh, just the way that you see fit. Yeah, so I've got the actual numbers now for the year, for 2021, and it was uh, $112,366 wow. for, for the year. That's, uh, again, in the black, <clears throat> over a million dollar budget. And then you just look at over the past, you know, five years, you know, our offerings have been up 60%. That's since a huge mark. 2016. And I've had people, you know, I share this, this good news. I have people will say, well, you know, we, you know, gave money to the endowment. We had a big endowment fund rate. No, no, that's not offering plate. That's yeah. not our operations budget. That, that, money's count. that money is still there that's an as well. Yes. Yeah. Right, to the offerings. And they said, well, maybe, you know, some people just gave one gift. So I said, okay. So in 2016, there were 107 households that gave money to Desert Foothills. It was mostly sporadic. In other words, go all summer without giving anything. Mm -hmm. 2021, 219 givers. So we're 107 to 219. That's in amazing. The period. This is the first time I'm hearing those numbers. I did, Pastor Mark had not shared that with me as of yet. That is a, a huge <laughs> increase over a two year period. And again, it shows that people are investing and trusting uh, in the mission of our of our Lord. And it really is something that, that becomes contagious. That's fantastic. So my Bible verse for the news article today mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. us, here in our, our church family is Romans 1 21, uh, which says for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Mm -hmm. It is so important that we thank God for the blessings that he's given us because I would hate for him to withdraw his blessings from us. So we're, whatever we have, and, and I think that applies to our own lives too. Uh, that whole temptation to always want more, yeah, whatever it is, even time, even, yeah, but things, you know, uh, things of our desires of our heart, to always want more, you know, an attitude of gratitude is the antidote for that uh, sinful kind of mindset. Being grateful for what you have, because it's what God's given you. Mm -hmm. It's all come from God. It's all gifts from God. And so to always thank him and to be so grateful uh, for everything that we have in our own lives. And I would definitely say I am so thankful for the blessings that I and my family receive here at uh, Desert Foothills. Uh, the members of the congregation are like aunts and uncles and grandparents to my kids, um, friends of, of ours, Christy and our uh, good friends, and uh, the, the teachings and the ministries really from you, Pastor Jeremy. It's great to have a pastor, you know, for my family because it's hard for me to be their pastor. Sure. Like but anyway, yeah. um, there's so many things to be thankful for. And, I, and so even as we come to the end, in just a few weeks, six weeks from this date anyway, of this capital campaign, um, 
I hope we are having an incredible attitude of gratitude for whatever God gives us through this campaign. I know we've got kind of three tiers of our goal and there's one that's a really high, really big goal. That's call it the hallelujah goal. Mm -hmm. But you know what, if we don't reach that goal, I mean, no church would, uh, whatever, let me say no no earthly worldly perspective would say, Oh yeah, yeah, it's going to be easy. Um, but whatever God gives us, right, that we are thankful for that gift and thankful to be able to use it for his kingdom because we are going to transform the campus already, whatever, you know, comes with the campaign. Uh, there's a lot of things that we're going to be able to do already. Yeah, and I think that, you know, to really pull it back and make it simple, as you've mentioned, you know, it's just having that attitude in everything. It's so easy to look around and you can always find somebody who's doing better, at least in your eyes, than you are. It doesn't matter if it's in a relationship, if it's mm -hmm. financially, you name it, better job. You know, you can always look around and find somebody who's doing worse than you are. And we love to make those comparisons, but our God is not a God of comparisons in, in that way. He really is a God who gives us, just like you said, tremendous amount of blessings. And so what are the things, uh, as we kind of come to a close today, that we as a congregation can continue to thank God for, and just you as individuals at the same time as well. What are the elements that you have in your life, even if things aren't going perfect, like many of these churches that we talked about today, what can you thank God for? Is it a physical ability that you have? Is it a talent that you have been given? Is it a child or grandchild in your life? Is it your church family that has come around you in a special way? continue always to think about each and every one of those things. Uh, again, we thank each and every one of you for being a part of our family and for being able to continually uh, give in such a gener generous way uh, to our God and to our mission here at Desert Foothills because it's a much bigger picture than any one of us could ever imagine of what the Lord has in store for us. Yeah. Amen. And with that, I think we'll go ahead and wrap it up. Thank you for uh, joining us for another edition of our podcast. And we'll try to keep getting these out on a regular basis now that we're in the new year. Have a great week.